Hi everyone. I'm just back in church, thinking about the weekend to come, praying for God's presence to be with his people as we meet together, even though there'll only be a few of us, praying for God's protection on each one as well. So in the middle of this, I'm thinking about another talk that I gave last weekend and I just really want to put it down in some listenable way so that if it's a a help or a blessing or even a way of uh, pulling up and saying wait a minute you didn't really say that then uh, then I'd certainly like the feedback on that as well. Um, So this talk is called Church Begins with a Footstep and it's one in a series of talks that I have been giving and I'll keep giving about church begins with, as God gives me grace and ideas, inspiration for this. Well, really the church began with the Spirit of God. In a sense, the church began at the beginning of all things, at the creation. Let there be light, said God, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. In other words, because the Spirit of God is always God and with God, then uh, he is at, at the beginning of all things, and he enables us to arrive at the end of all things as well. Well, but this one, this talk is called Church Begins with a Footstep. So let's just think about this. Now, I'm going to put this thought out there that Every instruction of God has to be followed with an action. That's not disputable. I think we're all used to the idea of instruction and action or command and action. In the Bible, God appeared to Abram and he said, go to a place that I'll show you. He was in Haran at the time, but it meant that Abram had to tidy up all his stuff, put it on the back of some camels, which is much more work than it sounds, and take a footstep, a footstep to the next thing. Moses approaching the burning bush. Take off your shoes, says God, in Exodus, think chapter 6. And Moses has to begin with a footstep. I'd like to think that He doesn't cover a lot of ground, you know, his feet aren't being prickled all the way to the burning bush, uh, that he takes off his shoes as that sign of the holiness of the ground that God is on. And then his first step really is to prostrate himself before God. And Joshua, later, Joshua chapter 1, chapter 2, prepare to cross over. And uh, every place that your foot treads, that's what I will give you as an inheritance or to, the, or to the people of Israel as an inheritance. And his life as leader of the people of Israel really is defined by that footstep that he makes in response to God's command. And obviously against the advice given by those spies those 40 years before. Now, do you believe that there is an inheritance for you. 
that there is something for you and extend that to do you believe that there is an inheritance for the church in your area it's all too easy to forget that god is about the future is about the future and the hope another talk on that coming up do you think that you're part of something do you believe that you're part of a big picture which is christ's church globally Christ Church in all time, Christ Church at the end of time. And if you don't, if you don't think there's an inheritance for you, and if you don't feel that you're part of Christ's global church, well, what, what's gone wrong? Where's the, where are the fault lines here? As a church, have you become too inward looking? The only navel gazing and uh, sort of mithering about what's internal. What about denominationalism? Have you, have you become so wrapped up in your denomination that you can't accept that you're part of something much bigger than your denomination? Have you let your theology slip? Have you forgotten that Christ died once for all, one sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin, and that this is what binds us together. This is what brings us our unity. One faith, one baptism, one Lord, Jesus Christ, one God and Father, one Spirit. Has your theology slipped? If it has, it's unlikely that you'll be walking around feeling confident that you have an inheritance or that you're part of something. You've dropped off the end and you're swimming in unfamiliar waters. Or are you just afraid? Are you fearing the people around you, the situation, the lack of funds and prosperity, the lack of hope that the media offers, are you afraid? Are you afraid of God? Are you afraid that he has somehow just let you down? That he doesn't, doesn't care about your stuff? That he is the master who, who gleans where he doesn't sow, who reaps where he doesn't sow? All of these things, denominationalism, inward-looking, wrong theology, fear, they all attack our sense of who we are. Are we connected to a global church and are we part of God's inheritance? You see, we are church and God makes a command and we're to obey and that obedience is a footstep. Probably not much more at first, just going from the place where we are static to the next footstep along the way. Sometimes we don't get a whole picture of where we're going. But obedience begins with a footstep and church begins with a footstep. Now, if we take these footsteps, what should our attitude, what should our posture be? as we go, as we take that footstep 
Well, first of all, I'll suggest that the praise of God should be in our mouths. So in obeying God, let's praise God that he has given us the strength, that he's given us the breath, that he's given us the vision, that he's given us the command, that he's given us the ability to hear. The praise of God can be in our mouths, not because we're so clever that we know what to do, but because God himself has appeared to us and is, has been gracious to us because everything he does to us is underlined, underpinned with his grace. And let's go with our feet, if they're to be making a footstep, not like Moses, of course, but our feet need to be shod with readiness. The readiness in Ephesians 6, we see that is uh, the readiness of the gospel of Christ ready to share him with others. And if we can make that footstep, we need to be listening to the Spirit of God. Because wisdom comes from God's Spirit. We can read this in Ephesians chapter 5. Walk in wisdom, says Paul. Don't be drunk with wine, which leads to bad deeds. But be filled with the Spirit. Walk in wisdom, says Paul. Be filled with the Spirit. We need to listen to the Spirit of God, to be open to what he is saying to us. <coughs> this next step may turn into a different step. Our path may not be the one that we seem to be on. God may surprise us, but if we listen to his Spirit, he will see us through. Now, as we make that step and we think about church and about increase and about fruit, we need to look for the people whom God will place before us. Men and women of peace, for example. People who will take us into their hearts, even before they take Christ into their hearts. People who are already marked out as being those that God would have as his at the same time, we need to take a footstep ready to shake the dust off our feet. And this doesn't mean looking at a person and saying, well, stuff you, you don't want to listen or whatever. But just being able to say, okay, we tried, we thought we did what was right, and it didn't work out. So we'll go somewhere else. We'll try something else. This, of course is when we don't have that conviction that we should persist and persist and persist with the same thing and then one day God will bring his blessing to it. And I think there is a difference there sometimes. It's a matter of seeing things by faith. We need to go with the message. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Be in no mistake about that. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's the message that we need to take with us. And we need to walk the walk, relying on God to show us when we're doing well and when we're doing badly. We have to be prepared to be wrong sometimes and come to God in confession, in repentance, that continual repentance which says, not my way, but your way, O God, and help me to put things right where I've made them wrong. And then we go as aliens and strangers because... There's no such thing as 
putting down roots, really, in the kingdom of God. We have to have that attitude that, yes, for today we have grace to do the thing that God has asked us to do. Maybe in the future it'll continue or it'll, it'll lead to something else. The church has often, unfortunately, put down big buildings that, you know, that I used to live in a town where there were two big churches for one small town, and they were both the same denomination, and one was built actually in competition with the other. Can you imagine that? The expense, the extraordinary expense that people are actually still paying for today, more than 100 years later. And uh, what, what folly that is. Well, we don't need to put down too deep roots. So these steps, need, we need to go with the praise of God in our mouths, feet shod with readiness, listening to the Spirit of God, looking for people of peace and ready to shake the dust off our feet, a message that the kingdom of God is at hand, walking the walk and relying on God, and we go as aliens and strangers. And this could be visiting houses, it could be putting questionnaires through a door, it could be making ourselves available online, it could be opening the church at all different times, it could be providing food, I've got food, food, food here, it could be uh, starting a local radio station, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, uh, that might be the step as long as we believe that God is having us do it. And what's to stop this? What's to stop this footstep? Complacency, maybe, fear, again, hatred of others. Uh, we, we don't like other people very much, do we, sometimes? But we need to. We need to be gracious and loving, go with care and joy in the spirit. Uh, sometimes we're just dry and we think, well, I can't face something new. But is there an answer in God for all of this that would prevent us from seeking an inheritance and for believing that we're part of a church that goes globally and through all time? Is there an answer in God for these, in, for these things? Of course. God is yes. God is amen. And in him, always yes and amen. So let's pray that God would... Give us wisdom, enough to discern what the next footstep should be, and give us the courage to obey him, knowing that we're connected to a worldwide church and that we have an inheritance that is incorruptible. To the glory of his name, amen. Well, that sounds like a good deal to me. What about you?